at my core, I am a worshiper of Christ. I am a worshiper of God. You know, and everything else that I do should be in service of that. Hello, beautiful people. Welcome back to Capture the Thought. This season, our focus is on knowing your identity, knowing your purpose. And I'm joined here today by Stuart Wani, who is a doctor, a musician, a comic book artist, a teacher. In fact, we'll probably find out what he can't do during this session. (laughs) I'm glad to be here. (laughs) So Stu, tell us why so many interests. Um, you're quite a versatile person. Why are you interested in, interested in so many things? Why am I interested in so many things? Uh, that's a pretty good question. I would say it's just because there's not really a reason not to be into a lot of things. Um, I guess there will always be the main thing, which is what um, building a career out of, which is medicine. But then on top of that, the way I see it, if I'm interested in it and I've got the time for it, then why not, you know? So is there one thing that you lean towards the most? Um, Is there one thing that captures your interest the most? That is a pretty good question. I would definitely say, besides the things that are my bread and butter, I have moments, I have moods. You know, I have like periods when I will be really into studying music and making new music. You know, there will be times when I learn something new about visual arts and I find a way to put it into drawing, you know. So it just depends on what has captured me at the time. But I can't really say that there is a main interest besides medicine and science in general. So you obviously sound like someone who likes to explore, who seems quite inquisitive. Um, Where do you get that from? I think it comes from just constantly being surrounded by all sorts of different people who get up to really interesting things. You know, in my family, my dad is a doctor himself. My mom is a stay-at-home mom, but also she is really into cooking. She's really into hospitality, that kind of thing. I have an older brother who is a marketing manager, but he's also like really got his finger on the pulse in terms of things like economics. He's really business-minded. I've got a younger brother who's really into computers and engineering. You know, so just even from there, I have always had all sorts of people getting up to all sorts of really cool things that can pique my interest. And also, like, I've just had friends who are into all sorts of things. I have friends who are engineers, pharmacists, lawyers, and they always have deep opinions on all sorts of things that are going on. And I gain a lot of just knowledge, wisdom, perspective from all sorts of different people. That's amazing. Okay, so since we're talking about knowing your identity, um, can you tell me what your view of identity is? 
What my view of identity is, that is a really good question. I think your identity is what makes you you, how you view yourself. You know, um, for me personally, I think your identity cannot be divorced from God. It cannot be, you cannot view yourself outside of God. You know, you look at um, the scripture where Jesus is asking his disciples who the disciples think he is, you know. And Peter immediately like responds, you're, you're Christ, the Son of God, right? And Jesus says, blessed are you, Peter, for uh, this has been revealed to you not by man, but by God. But then he goes on to say, and I say to you, you are Peter. Right? And on this rock, I'll build my church. Right? So it's an interesting thing where we see that it came from knowing who Jesus is, that Peter got a revelation of who he is. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think it's the same way for us. It's only from knowing who God is in our lives that we can actually know who we are. You know, if we don't know the one who, who sent us, the one who created us, and how can we know what we were created for? How can we know what we were designed for? You know? Mm, that is so true. Um, for many of us, coming into our identity is a journey. Yeah. Um, it's a walk. Um, for some people, it takes five years. Some people, they rediscover who they are much later in life. For yeah. some, much earlier in life. How was it for you? When did you really discover who you were in Christ? When did I discover who I was in Christ? I'll be honest, I don't think it's a past tense thing. I don't think the process of discovery mm-hmm. has stopped. Um, I'm still, you know, working it out. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely I can say that one of the best lessons I've learned is to keep my eyes just focused on Christ, right? There are a lot of other things that I can use to define myself. But ultimately, I see everything else, everything else that I'm into, um, be it medicine, science, um, comics, music, you know, videography, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I see all those things as things that I like added on to who I am. But at my core, I am a worshiper. Of Christ, I am a worshiper of God, you know, and everything else that I do should be in service of that, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, that's that's what I would say. I am. How did I come to that? I'd probably say spending a lot of time with God. You know, you spend a lot of time with Him. Um, the more time I've spent with them, the more self-assured I've been, the more secure I've been, you know, whatever was going on in my life at the time, um, you know, the, the more confident I've been. And I found the more times I've been away from God when I've drawn away, like those are the times when I find myself in my head a lot. Those are the times when like, I'm just not sure of myself. 
and like I just I have nothing else to lean on, you know. So ultimately, it just you know it's it's more solid when I'm closer to God, and it's something which I I will know for a while, and then sometimes I forget. You know, I can't guarantee that like I've stopped forgetting. You know that I won't like draw away. You know later on, but thank God He keeps pulling me back, pulling me back, pulling me back. You know, and that's where I find my being. That's where I find who I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, just to take you back a little bit, mm-hmm. um, how did you come to the decision that um, a life with Christ was the best for you? Um, how did you come to salvation? How did I come to salvation? Mm. Well, let me tell you, I heard a sermon that scared the hell out of me quite a <laughs> Oh my goodness. Yeah. So you came by fire. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So this happened in retirement back in like, back in April 2008. At the time, I wasn't going to church. This was a church sermon I heard on a day when I wasn't even planning on going to church. Right? Uh, but for context, basically, my relationship with God at the time was kind of like I believed he existed. Um, I respected him, but it was kind of like a, I'll do my thing over here, you do your thing over there type thing. Okay. You know? So it was like I... It's one of those things where you say to yourself, I'm going to receive salvation when I'm older or... Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> one of those like, I'm not, I'm not ready for this. <laughs> You know, like, I would see other people doing it. I'd be so happy for them. Mm. I'd be like, one day I'll join you guys. But not yet. Not yet. I don't don't know if I'm ready for this yet. I just want to live my best life. Exactly. You know, and I wasn't like a bad kid or anything. Um, So I thought, you know, I'm okay. I'm okay for now. I'm okay. You know, but one thing that always really made me uncomfortable was just conversations about health. Because I never knew, I never knew um, what was going to happen to me after I died. I wasn't a bad kid, but I never knew if I was like good enough to fit the bill. You know, that like if I died and I faced God, would I be entering heaven or would I be going to hell? You know, every time those conversations would come up, I would steer away from them. I'd try to avoid them. You know, so. That was me, right? And then I just, my family has always been, you know, a faith-based family. My mom has always been a really strong Christian, always pushing Mm. us to go to church and stuff, right? Um, At the time we went to Anglican church, it was freaking boring. (laughs) You know, so I didn't didn't want to go there. there's this church in Mutari called Lighthouse Christian Church. Yeah. Um, my older brother actually started going there before I did. And he got saved like a week or two before I did. Okay. So now he was like all the way plugged in. Oh, wow. Right. But I was like, you know, I'm happy for you, but I'm going to just chill here. Mm-hmm. You know, and then, um, yeah, it just... It had been like months at that point since the last time I had gone to church. 
I kept on coming up with excuses. At the time, it was an exam year. So I kept on like telling my mom that I have to study for this, that, or the other thing. And then the one day I wasn't planning on going to church, and my mom just rocks up to me and she's like, Stuart, you're going to church. You're going to take a shower, you're going to change, and you're going to church with your with, with Albert, he's my older brother. Mm-hmm. And she said it in that tone of voice, you know the one where it's like, mm, no, it's dangerous to like the African mother. Exactly, exactly. So I'm just like, you know what, it's it's fine. I'll go to church. So I go to church that day. Church was cool. Um, we had a time of just like praise and worship with the band. Um, that was that was cool. At the time, of course, I didn't, you know, it didn't impact me the way it does now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I remember the pastor of that church. His name is Andre. He comes up, right, and he's like, you know, Jeff. Jeff was another elder at the church. It's like Jeff had a word that he was supposed to be preaching, mm-hmm. but I feel like. There is a word that God has laid on my heart for someone in this church. Right? So he starts preaching. And guess what he starts preaching about? How? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. He starts preaching about freaking death and judgment. And I'm like, what is this? I was sweating in my seat. My heart was pounding. You know, it's just... It was it was bad, you know. He was going on and on, right? And I remember just thinking to myself, "I'm not ready for this. I'm not ready for this. I'm not ready for this." But then now, when he was doing the altar call at the end, um, what he said that actually like really sealed the deal for me was he was like, "If you feel like you're not ready for this, let me tell you that today is the day of salvation. You could leave this church today." And get hit by a bus, and you're done, and you're facing God, right? And all your time has been used up. And then you can you can tell God, like, but God, you didn't give me time to get to know you. You know, God will be like, How old were you when you died? I was 26. Well, I gave you 26 years then, you know. And that one really sealed it for me. I was like, Well, I've got no excuses left, you know. Um I, I need to give my life to Christ, right? So he does the altar call. Everybody heads bowed down. He asks people to raise their hands. Like, I raise my hand, and it turns out I was the only person to to uh, respond to that altar call. Wow. Yeah, and it really feels like, when I look back on it, it feels like God was like, okay, everybody, we're halting all operations and we're concentrating on this, this guy. guy today. Yeah. Yeah. So that was me. I remember going home that day just feeling like everything's different now. Everything's changed. You know, um, I can't just go on living my life the way I have been living it. Cool. You know, I have to be sold out for, for Christ. I have to, I have to figure out what that means and live it out, you know. And it didn't really hit me at the time, like the the magnitude of what I had done. But that became revealed, like, over the next few weeks 
um, guest preacher from South Africa came through and he is talking about eternal life and how like your salvation cannot be taken away from you. Mm-hmm. You know, only like you can give it up. Like, wait, what? Wait, are you saying I'm set for life? And that just sounded, it sounded too good to be true. You know, because I felt like this is a very uneven deal that I'm getting here. It feels like I'm getting this thing for free. But then we started going through the book of Galatians. And Galatians is all about salvation and justification through faith and not works. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm still like, geez. And I start asking questions of the older Christians in the church, the more mature Christians. I start asking them questions about what this means and stuff. I start asking them stuff like, okay, wait, 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 wait. So are you telling me that because I'm saved, if I sin, like God can forgive me? Yes. Okay, cool. Uh, do I have to like do all the, the things? I mean, yes. Okay, if I don't do all the things, right? If I don't do all the living for Christ, will I still go to heaven? Are you saved? Yes. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the only way? Right? Then yes. Then yes, you will. Okay, so what is the difference between somebody who lives it out and somebody who doesn't? Right? If they're both saved. And now, like, um, it was explained to me this thing of, like, storing up treasures in heaven. Mm-hmm. You know, and how you can, like, store up things like uh, wood and um, straw and hay and stuff in heaven, which will get consumed and, like, will leave you with nothing. Or you can store up, like, your gold, your silver, your precious stones, that kind of thing. Um, and that's when it really hit me, like, the magnitude of it, that, like, geez Louise, I got this thing for free, that God loves me, like, that much, right? So how could I not live for it? You know, and it gave me all the confidence in the world, knowing that, like, um, yes, I will stumble and fall. I I will suck, you know, but God still loves me, you know, and just seeing the goodness of God in that way. Wow, that mm-hmm. is that's amazing. Yeah, I think God's grace is sometimes too big or too beautiful or too hard to comprehend with our yeah. human minds. It's like, wow, we got this for free. This is ours. Yeah. Like we didn't do anything for it. Yeah. And sometimes it's hard to like to accept that and we may that can be manifested in trying to yeah. have this work works based theology or, you know, this kind of egoism trying to cover up for what we think we should cover up for when yeah. we've actually gotten it for free. Exactly. And sometimes you forget as well, you know? Like, I've had times where I felt like I needed to earn God's favor, mm-hmm. as if I could, you know? Um, I've, I've had times where I'm like, God, I'm putting in the hours. I'm, I'm clocking in. Where's my... Mm-hmm. You know, where's, where's... Like, are you holding up your end? What's, what's going on? <laughs> or, like, you know, you, you try to, like, do a favor for God so that, like, He will grant you a favor somewhere else. Yes. As if, like, that's the dynamic between you two, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but ultimately, our relationship with God is, like, much better than that because God is much better than that. 
Mm. You know, and we definitely cannot like out and God. Like no matter how much we do for him, he's done more for us. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It just brings to mind the story of the prodigal son and the older brother's reaction. Like I spent yeah. all these years serving you. Like, yo, where was my party? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um that's that's really it's put a pep in my step, I mm. think. Um Knowing how much God loves me, um, and knowing how secure I can be in that alone, mm-hmm. you know, everything else can happen. My life can completely fall apart, right? And I can know that God still loves me. Mm-hmm. You know, um, things might not go my way. Sometimes I try things and they succeed. I'm like, yes. Other times I try things, I struggle, I fall, you know, but I can pick myself up. Keep going, keep striving, because I know that God still loves me. Mm. Yeah. That's beautiful. And so, a big part of following God is living in obedience. Absolutely. Um, especially when it comes to things like our purpose. Mm. And so, how you mentioned it earlier in passing, how God, you you have to be all out for God now. You have to use what you do to serve Him. Yeah. And how has that journey been for you? Um, you can start with the main purpose, which is medicine. Um, have you always wanted to be a doctor, or is it something that you realized after you came to salvation? And if it's something that you'd always wanted to do, um, how has it been different for you since you have accepted Christ? Mm. So, uh, when it comes to purpose, I think all of us have the same purpose, mm-hmm. which is ultimately to just like worship and glorify God. Right, and then God puts in us different abilities. Um, he puts in us different interests, different passions. Mm-hmm. Right, and those will inform the way that we can glorify God. You know, um, and those become like our vocations. They become our occupations. Right, and so ultimately, I think it doesn't matter what I would have ended up doing Mm -hmm. as long as it glorified God Mm -hmm. then it would be serving I would be living out my purpose you know Um, in medicine I think it's really easy to see the opportunity to serve God Mm -hmm. in medicine the reason I chose medicine is okay I have several reasons some of which like make a lot of sense, others which are kind of weird and nerdy. But basically, um, it comes down to like everywhere, like in my family, like among my friends, like in church and stuff, I've been taught to be a giver. I've been taught to make a positive contribution to whatever I'm doing, right? I've been taught to like be a helper of people. And um, I've always had an interest in science. And medicine is just one of the things that like combines those two things like really well, like science and helping people. You know, it combines it in like the most tangible way, right? But also, um, you know, me being a colossal comic book nerd, 
a doctor saving lives, I think, is the closest real world example that you can probably get to a superhero. You know, so like I wanted to be a superhero, but like that was just it was off the cut. So like you know, what? I'll I'll take this doctor thing. Like this, this makes is helping people out. Yeah, <laughs> that makes a ton of sense. <laughs> yeah, but ultimately, you know, um, in hospitals, you see people who are sick, people who are dying. Like everybody is scared. You know. And every single day, it's just, there's an opportunity to minister to people, you know. And that's, I think, a huge privilege because God loves people. And he doesn't want to see people hurting, you know. He doesn't want to uh, see people in anguish, you know. And I think that um, he has placed all of us who are doctors in a very special place um, to, to to help people. Um, yeah. It does get a bit like heavy sometimes and um, it gets a bit discouraging at times. That also is it's part of the job and it's part of the burden that God then helps us bear. I think. Um, because like there are also a lot of really special moments in there as well. Um, you see people actually get healed and walk out, you know, mm-hmm. of hospitals and like they're much better. You know, every now and again, like you might run into somebody on the street or something and like, hey, you helped me that one time. And like, ah, oh, that's true. Like, I'm so glad to see that you're up and about and you're on your feet and like everything's good. You know, it's nice being able to help people. It's actually nice being like a positive force in that way. It's nice doing it for God, Mm. you know, yeah. Mm. Okay, and with your more creative ventures, how has God been leading you? The more creative ventures are... That's been an interesting journey for me. So, like, for as long as I can remember, um, I've always loved drawing. And I have always been good at it for my age. And, yeah, like, I've had times when I've stopped because, like, school and stuff, but I've always come back to it eventually. And I think that's just, it's one of the things that God just like kind of put in me uh, for me to enjoy. And I don't know, I guess I enjoy it too much to ever like fully let it go. You know? Um, God's also put like a a bit of a storytelling thing in me as well. Um, So it's, it feels like an outlet really. You know, it's where I go to, like, decompress. You know, uh, it's where I go to, it's like my happy place. Um, Yeah. And that in and of itself as well, I just, I have so much respect for creators in general, artists, musicians, actors, uh, because the creative space is definitely one where 
you have to fight for your worth to be seen. Mm-hmm. You know, but I, I also think that creatives have such a huge impact on society in general. You know, um, I look at every single time like scientists have tried to raise money for one thing or another for like research. I remember like the ice bucket challenge for ALS and stuff like that, right? And like you have to bend over backwards to just get people to pay attention to your thing, right? Um, in science, it's difficult to get funding and stuff like that. But typically in the creative space, that's where you see like entire cultures getting moved mm-hmm. by, by creatives, getting moved by like their values if they speak up for them and they advocate for them. You know, and I think that's actually a really incredible thing. You know, uh, creatives tell stories as well, stories which need to be heard, stories which are often unheard. Mm-hmm. Um, creatives are there to show people the lives of other people, to bring empathy, to show empathy for people, you know, to bring understanding as well. Um, It's quite often that you get towards things which you never considered because you saw it like in a movie or like a short film or something like that or you heard it in a song or something. And I've never heard it put across like that but that encapsulates it perfectly. Mm. You know? And it's... A lot of creativity has a very cathartic effect. I think it's it's really powerful. Um, powerful in good ways, powerful in dangerous ways as well. Um, and, you know, it's, it's something, it's a power that God also just wants to use for his glory. You know, God wants us to use our musical abilities to make music which worships him. To glorifies him, you know. Um, a lot of like R and B artists, they tend to have started out in church doing their thing, mm-hmm. and that's no coincidence. Actually, um, you'll find that in churches there's a lot of room for experimentation with your music and your creativity, you know. Um, I, I would love to see a lot more like uh, video productions, movie productions, you know, uh, by Christians. There are a lot of powerful stories to be told um, among us, and uh, I think God wants those stories to be told. And God has given people like the passion for making movies, making um, videos, making songs, making comics like I'm doing now um, with the lessons that he's taught us, which we can then apply to our work, you know, and I think that we owe it to God to use these abilities, you know, for him. Yeah, Yeah, that is so true. Um, Indeed, God is the creator. And yeah. so that's pretty much how it just shows how he has made us in his image. Yeah. yeah. Giving us 
giving us that ability to create. Yeah, absolutely. So there are a lot of people who are unsure of their path, mm-hmm. um, unsure of their purpose. Yeah. And it's it affects young people mostly. And you here you are, you are actually doing more than one thing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And so, what would you say to encourage someone like that? I would say try different things, particularly if you have like the time, the resources. Don't shy away from trying things that you're into. You know, you might find something that you love. Like when I started um, playing instruments. Um, musical instruments. I joined the choir when I was like 10 years old. So I always like knew how to sing. Right. Um, I started playing my first instrument, which was the, the drums, when I was 17. That's when I first started playing. And I didn't know that I would be into music as much as I am now. You know, um, I just, I tried them out because like my friends had all decided to get instruments themselves. So like we all tried out a thing. I was like, drums are okay. Picked up the bass, right? And then I was like, yeah, this is, this is where I'm supposed to be. And so I learned like a lot about it. I spent so much time learning how to play. I spent so much time um, just getting better at it. And it, it's been just so much fun, you know. Like I said, with drawing, I've always been into drawing. Um, so yeah, don't don't shy away from the things that you want to try out. Um, tell people who can help you that you want to learn. You might be surprised at how willing people are to help you out. And I would say whatever you're doing or like wherever you're at, find a way to serve God in that place. Whatever you're doing, you know, find some way to serve God. You might not be where you want to be, but wherever you are, there's, there's a way for you to glorify God there. And like while you're looking um, for whatever you want to do, yeah, just... Just live for God. Live for God. Try things out. That's what I'd say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Thank you so much. Thank you, Stu, for your time and for giving us these gems, these pearls of wisdom. Thank you very much. Thank you, Grace, for having me. My gosh, this is actually so very cool. Like, honestly, like, I've been watching you set this thing up, and it's, uh, it's, it's really cool to see it actually, like, taking off now. And it's really cool to see just what you put out already in that first episode. Like I said, I was just so freaking impressed by what you've done. And I'm really excited to see where this is going. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. This is very encouraging. And so, 
to those who are listening thank you for listening join us next time for more perspectives on knowing your identity and knowing your purpose